Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Good morning, Nick. How was your weekend? It was pretty good. The UFC cards were really nice. I thoroughly enjoyed them. The The college football schedule was a little iffy other than the Georgia game, which we'll get into later in the show. But yeah, other than that, it was pretty good. Got a lot of things done. Continue to get things done today going into the big week. So a big week it is all around. Um, so what do you say we get right into it? Yeah. World Series concluded this week before just how you said it would just how I said it would. <clears throat> it's going to be it was it was crazy. I I expected Garrett Cole to get to play in. I think we all did just a little bit in game seven, but they decided to go with um, Zach Greinke, who actually played very well. No, I was talking about the relievers. Oh, they went with, I don't even know. Was it Will Harris? I think so. Actually, either way. Yeah. Not a great call by them. Garrett Cole, you know, was up and down all game. He was sitting up, throwing, sitting back down. And you get this awesome picture of him looking very sad and defeated in his jacket from the bullpen. Yeah, one would certainly believe that he would have gotten to play in that game given his recent performances in playoff games. But the broadcasters were talking, or the pregame broadcasters were talking about not playing him because of his arm. I was They're very, saving him for game eight. I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand what they were referring to. That Like, this is the last game he'll realistically play in Houston, and he wants to win a ring. He's been pitching X amount of innings to play in this game, probably hundreds, I would assume. And he's not coming back. No. He's he's going to get offered more by someone, probably like the Yankees or even your Cubs or maybe even my, uh, my Mets. I mean, probably not. The Mets are pretty set on pitching right now. But congratulations to your Mets on hiring their new manager, Carlos Beltran. Yeah, exciting times for Mets Nation. It's uh, we're we're looking forward to uh, to great times ahead. I mean, we can only hope. We can only hope. But yeah, they the Nationals won, won Game Seven. Just a incredible feat, incredible run. They beat the Dodgers. Who'd they win in the? Who'd they beat in the wild card game? The Brewers. The Brewers, which probably even, at, they were probably betting favorites over the Nationals in that game. The Nationals were the home team. They did have the better record. They did host the game. Okay. So the Nationals should have won that game. Correct. They did. I think so. And they beat the Dodgers. They should not have won that series. They beat the Cardinals. They definitely should not have swept them or were not, were not uh, favored to sweep them. And then they were definitely not favored to beat the... Uh, the Astros, but we got a little bit of the team of destiny vibes uh, here from the Nationals. I mean, you kind of felt it with the Cubs when they won it all. By the way, happy three years since the Cubs won the World Series. But uh, but yeah, no, it was just it was just a great overall postseason, exciting to watch, fun to watch, uh, and you called it. Yeah, I try my best. I mean, granted, we both didn't have the our champion the new york yankees did not win and hence why the astros couldn't get the job done because the astros suck at baseball okay wouldn't go that far astros are pretty good at baseball the washington nationals were just better Eh, 
But pretty incredible that the road team won every single game. Do you know Justin Verlander now is the second most losses in World Series games out of anyone to ever What's pitch? What's he got, four? He's 0-6 in oh, the World Series all-time in his career. He's trailing someone who pitched, I forget his name, he pitched a long time ago, who's like 10-8 and, 10 and 8 in the World Series. So is he 0-6? He is 0-6 in World Series uh, games. So one could conclude that Justin Verlander sucks at baseball. No. No, one could not conclude that Justin Verlander sucks at baseball. One can conclude that Justin Verlander either cannot get it done himself or cannot get enough help to get it done when he gets to the biggest stage. And then with all due respect to Justin Verlander, but if you can't get it all done by yourself on the pitching mound in baseball, you suck at pitching baseballs. Well, I mean, part of it is getting run support. Eh. Would you say LeBron sucks at basketball because he, you know, loses in the finals sometimes? No. I would say LeBron is great at basketball because LeBron does incredible things. Justin Verlander, on the other hand. Justin Verlander's problem are him or Garrett Cole is a Cy Young winner this year. eh. You see, Garrett Cole's a problem, too. Why is Garrett Cole a problem? Did you see him in the bullpen? Yes. And you said a look of... You said he was upset. He looked sad. He looked sad. That's what you said. You said he looked sad. You know what I saw? I saw a man scared. I saw a man worried. Don't put me in, coach, please. I can't handle yeah, the big I game doubt, moment. I doubt that. I can't handle I doubt the, that. Why else wouldn't they put him in? Because they didn't feel like they should bring him in in the middle of an inning is for one reason, because he's a starting pitcher and you want him to start an inning, because they felt like their other arms were better used in the situations that they brought him in, um, because they might have used Garrett Cole to close the game if they would have been up at the end, which they were not. There's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. One of those being that Garrett Cole is a notorious choke artist along with Justin Verlander. So you really don't have much supporting cast on this great pitching staff, people thought. And Zach Granke. Zach Zach Granke pitched a gem in Game 7. Yeah, well, you know what? What? It's it's over. It is over. Nationals in 7. But at least Garrett Cole's arm is ready for Game 8. Yeah, in November. I love November baseball. There's nothing better. But did you? I think that I think that the stat was that that this was the ser- the first series where through the first six games, the road team won every single time, and then obviously through seven, it stayed the same. I'm not sure if it was through six that it was the first time, but it was definitely the first time a, a team won a series winning every single game on the road. Yo, I just well, it wouldn't. I don't think it could happen through. It wouldn't happen through six. I don't think it couldn't happen through six. So, GG no re for um, for the Astros, as now they become the abysmal franchise that they will be for probably the next fifteen years now. All right. So Nick definitely thinks the Astros are going to the World Series again next year. No, it'll be the Yankees. Why again. do you dislike the Astros so much? I don't dislike the Astros. I just say it how it is. I said Garrett Cole would choke in Game 7. He did choke. He did not. He, there is video evidence of him sitting in the dugout scared. 
That's not him choking. They didn't put him in the game. Exactly, because he would have choked. They listen to me. They know what they I'm talking the about. They know what I'm talking about. But nevertheless, let's let's talk let's talk about this UGA game real quick. This UGA Florida game. I didn't watch this game, not gonna lie. I watched a little bit of it. And I mean, I personally assumed that Georgia was going to win the game because oh, Georgia. Yeah. Has I saw your tweets about Georgia, you know, being better as the underdog. Yeah, well, that was after. Well, that was after the post game, the post game press conference. They or the like the post game interviews on the field. Kirby Smart, Jake Fromm didn't play it as much as I thought he would because when the reporter asked him if he had heard the doubters, he said yes and no because on one hand, Georgia has an incredible fan base that has always been supportive, especially because they only have. a one loss anyways and then on the other hand there were people doubting this team because guess what they haven't done much in the last decade relative to what recruits they have gotten and etc in that regard but Kirby Smart goes you know these kids were just doubted they were doubted kids they they well, shut up, clown! Who are you talking about? Are you talking about your team that was that was that had the best the recruiting eight class team in the country that had the best recruiting class like two out of the last three years? And if nobody's not, doubting you, you have a top five recruiting class the last decade. What are you smoking? Like, I don't understand how. How can you be there? There are teams that are underdogs like Minnesota this year. They're an underdog. I Penn, hope they beat Penn State. Penn State even. Penn to State's win, not an underdog. To win the Big Ten is an underdog to an extent relative to Georgia. Winning the SEC? Yes. Georgia goes every year. Correct. Penn State hasn't gone out of that side in Forever. Correct, but effectively every year when Penn State plays Ohio State, it's the Big Ten Championship game, especially when a team like Northwestern comes in from the other side. You know this. No. You know this. No, it's not. Michigan beats them a lot. They haven't done much the last ever since the Sandusky case. They haven't done much. They were good with Saquon and Trace McSorley. They were, but they always lost Ohio State. Correct. Effectively in the in the Big Ten championship game. And but you they know would if have they win three. that game and go to the Big Ten championship game, they'll probably win. This is you not the point. This. this is not the point. The point that I'm making is okay, even okay, scratch Penn State. A team like Wisconsin, team like UCF, a team like Houston when they had Greg Ward. Teams like that that have underdogs, even a team like Mizzou when we make it out of the SECs, they are underdogs because they don't have the recruits. They don't have the the coaching staffs. They don't pay people as much. Like Barry Odom doesn't make as much as Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, Dabo, etc. Go down the list. The point that I'm making here is that Georgia should not be playing that underdog role. And I think that we could both agree on that. Yeah, Did I use a poor sense. example with Penn State relative to Minnesota? Yes. But the the case still makes that they're still I consider one of, like Baylor this year another underdog yeah, team. Yeah, Baylor as well. But yeah, I think that with this with this win, Georgia Their chances of winning the SEC East jump to eighty eight percent now. Yeah, they they've in my in my thoughts Ship them to George, ship them to Atlanta, ship yeah. them to Atlanta. And then they get that rematch that they that they honestly played better than Bama in that game last year. You so it's think. well, even if they they might I don't see them playing Bama in that game actually, but I don't know. Do you, do you have a, who who you have winning that LSU Bama game? I'm still taking LSU. 
Oh, I thought you were taking Bama. We talked about it last week. I thought we did. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't for sure. We talked sure. about this last week. We both picked LSU. We both picked LSU as the number one seed in the college football playoff. We picked them to win the SEC. But is Georgia still in playoff contention now? Oh, yeah. I mean, they have a bad loss, so to say, but they, if they, they they still control their own destiny, that's all the college football playoff is. If you can, if you can play, if you still have a chance to get in and you can play your way in, one loss Georgia team in. Oh yeah, a if they two beat loss, if they beat LSU or Bama for sure. A two loss Georgia team. No, with a loss to LSU or Bama. No. That that would elim- that would effectively elim- that would that SEC championship game is pretty much like you have said with the Penn State Ohio State game. It's basically a playoff game, like it's it's not only I for the know. SEC I think title. If an undefeated LSU team or an undefeated Bama team loses in the SEC championship game, they can still make. They it. would. I'm talking about in Georgia's case because they already have a loss. No, an undefeated LSU or Bama team would for sure make a top four bid because they would be the number one team in the country and they would not drop four slots. I think that we can both agree on that. They they would just be way too good to they would have they would have a win against the number two team in the number one or two team in the country respectively at that point in time. This being next week, regardless of who wins, and playing through the SEC West is incredibly tough for anyone. Even though some big coaches want to disagree and say that the SEC grind isn't a real thing. All right. All right, Dabo. I'm going to need you to calm down. Yeah, Dabo. Just worry about your Waffords and your North Carolinas and your NC States because you seem to struggle slightly with some of these teams that I have mentioned. So, yeah, there there is that. But, yeah, I agree with you that LSU, Bama, one of them would get in even if they did not win the SEC because they because whoever makes it out of the West will be undefeated. What are you turning on over there? What are you doing? I'm turning on Houston and, and Jacksonville. Oh, that was a good game. Or I'm trying to. Or it's it defensive. Is. Defensive game. Not really. Is it not defensive anymore? Oof. Psych on the <laughs> Jacksonville's kind of getting pushed around. And also... Is there a reason they held that game not at the Swamp yesterday? I don't know. It was a home game for Florida, but it was played in Jacksonville. Is there a reason it wasn't the Swamp? I can look it up. What's their What's their What's their Florida Gators football stadium? I don't know. I can I can look it up. I wasn't. I noticed that a lot. It looked like a lot of Georgia fans were there. Say, and because Jacksonville's pretty far north in Florida. Up at TIAA Bank Stadium. They might always play it there. I don't think they always play it there. Maybe they do. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, no, it's pretty far north and pretty close to Georgia. To you know, it's helpful for the Georgia fans to travel. It's less of a travel than going down to uh, Gainesville. Yeah, I'm really excited for that LSU game. That's going to be a LSU great Bama. Game. Yeah, and then next you get week. To, yes, Is it next week, two thirty, and then we get the. Mizzou gets the 7 o'clock start time on ESPN. Similar, same station that provided it last year, but instead of it being at the 11 a.m. start, we get the 7 p.m. start, which is a lot nicer for the broadcast and the people, or I guess it's in Athens, so I guess it's not necessarily people will be tailgating here. But Deshaun Watson just hurdled someone. But it will be fun to watch them on primetime get absolutely obliterated. Blasted. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great times. 
Yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting game, but who knows? Maybe Barry Odom can pull off an upset, job saving win. Yeah, I mean, it would certainly it would certainly give him, let him have the job, probably through at least next season as well as this season, because because the despite all the all the hate from Mizzou Nation, they seem to still want to they still seem to believe in the Barry Odom uh, campaign trail, I guess, or the. Or the run he's had so far, for whatever the reason may be, I would say probably leadership. A lot of the players like him and uh, producing against at least mediocre teams. But when it comes to beating... uh, Would you consider Vanderbilt a good team then? Would you consider Vanderbilt a (laughs) mediocre team? (laughs) I'm not... Yeah, I'm not referring to the losses this year because some of the losses this year have been inexcusable. Pretty much all of the losses this all, year have been ex- inexcusable. I mean, you can that Kentucky game isn't as bad as the previous two. We got two. pretty well blasted in that Kentucky game. We should have been in that football game with their wide receiver playing quarterback. I don't know if he's a wide receiver. He is a wide receiver. Before their starting quarterback went down, he was a wide receiver. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to look at the numbers. Didn't look like a quarterback. Or he didn't look like a wide receiver. Yeah, because he was playing quarterback. Effectively playing quarterback as well. Not effectively playing quarterback. He was basically a running back. They just took it in the Wildcat most of the time. He threw for like 60 yards. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't know what game you were watching. He rushed for like 200-something yards, didn't he? I have no comment. It's not important. Either way, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss some of the some of the news in the NFL this week. Every Saturday, Cut the Nets will be live from noon to 1 on KCOU 88.1 FM. Out of quarters there's a possibility. Jabari uh, Parker's even. Oh, you don't, you don't want Jabari Parker. Tune in to KCOU Sports Saturday to listen to David Kuntz, Zach Berman, and Chuck Ryan talk sports. Fun Biggest fact of the owners. day, number two. Robert Kraft actually owns like 99% of the city of Foxborough. Catch Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat. But I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Mm, man. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the weekly walkthrough on KCOU 88.1 FM or on KCOU.FM or however you may listening listening in the podcast genre of the show. But now we're gonna now we're gonna transition into the NFL news and which headline this week was Josh Gordon. Flash Gordon to the Seahawks. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say it. Sorry. I got, got excited. Released. I got excited. <laughs> got, got released by um, 
Someone, someone claimed Josh Gordon in a fantasy, but I, uh, that would be me. <laughs> but the Patriots released him this week for whatever reason. And after, you know, putting him on IR for an injury that was not IR necessary. Yeah. Apparently he's supposed to be able not to play this week, obviously, as he was just claimed. Was it Friday or yes, it was Friday claimed Friday. Um, but, uh, he should be good to go next week. I think he actually. will be, he should be. Um, so this is a great pickup for Seattle. You look at their wide receiving core, which includes, you know, the massive, you know, whatever percentage body fat of DK Metcalf, who uh, can pretty much bulldoze anybody. You got the uh, the shifty elusiveness of Tyler Lockett. And then you add Flash Gordon to this. Which is just a mix of the two. He's got the Tyler Lockett style speed along with the body of DK Metcalf. So you're looking at three dudes right here who can eat you alive in a football game. And we saw that uh, actually the Seahawks were looking into AB. Did you see that? I did see that. I thought uh, that was really interesting. That would have been scary. But they decided on Flash Gordon after not being able to come together and decide to pick up AB. I mean, obviously there's there's hesitations and stuff like that with both guys, but I guess they decided AB would have been worse than Flash Gordon. Yeah, I, I saw that too, but I definitely think risk over reward certainly, I would say, probably favors uh, Flash or Josh, or not Josh Gordon, even AB. I think it favors AB because AB has proven that he is produces at a much higher level this year. Even this year, he has a touchdown in his only game played and last year obviously had a great year. The year before that, an even better year. Like, he's just been historically incredible, especially at his size. But Josh Gordon, he's not going to he he's he's go, he does self-inflicting things. AB does things that AB does things to like that affect other people too. He you know with the sexual assault allegations and things of that nature. It's certainly more serious than someone, you know, smoking marijuana because that is only inflicting himself. It is not putting harm to others necessarily, at least not directly. And I mean, I appreciate I I appreciate someone picking Josh Gordon up who who has a chance to win the title because he he could provide a great spark to a team. Yeah, like he's a piece that could very well help you win a championship. I don't think he'll take over as wide receiver one in Seattle, but it really makes you have to cover across the board now. You can't just you know be like because Will Disley went injured, got injured, and. Uh, isn't playing anymore. You can't just be like, well, okay, we'll lock up Tyler Lockett, which is, you know, really hard to do, uh, and DK Metcalf, and, you know, we'll be okay then if we can stop the run a little bit and don't let Chris Carson rumble, which, I mean, Chris Carson rumbles every once in a while. But uh, now you really have three deep wide receiving threats that can beat anyone off of any coverage, and it's kind of scary considering that Russell Wilson really can hit those people way down the field. Yeah, Russell Wilson has been nothing short of incredible this year with the throws he has been able to make week in and week out. It's been pure art to see how he reads defenses and his ability to pinpoint throws that just a lot of other quarterbacks in the league could not could not make those throws. They're a select few, maybe four quarterbacks in the league and, right now. And okay. Josh Gordon will give him the window to put a football in for him. And Russell Wilson, when he is on, can hit every single window no matter where he wants to throw the football on the field. 
And another interesting story that I can think of regarding this Josh Gordon situation is the relationship that has gone on between Tom Brady and the Patriots and the Patriots executive staff as of late because they got rid of AB just without his um, consent, I'd say, because he did he did put a lot of time into AB. We mentioned letting it. him stay in his house and that kind of stuff. Yeah, things of that nature. It, big big sacrifices that he's making. And, you know, they release him, then they get rid of Josh Gordon. Those are two very important pieces to a to a wide receiver core. And, and they've spent a lot of time on Josh Gordon. I don't really understand them doing this because they've waited for him as he's gone through his different processes to, you know, help himself get better as a person and his rehab and his drugs and everything like that and all the issues that he's had. They've waited that out. And they've given and they gave him a ring so they do care about him. They gave him a ring last year. So they waited, yeah, they waited that out and were patient enough to to uh, have this all come together for him and try and get him back to where he was in Cleveland when he was so good. But I just don't understand them getting rid of him at this point in time. It, it is interesting. There's got to be something that we don't know. Like, there's something we don't know, I feel like, with this situation. I don't know what that is, but there has to be something under under the skin that we don't see it might come out later we'll see but i really hope it's nothing bad i don't nothing know like ab with the allegations i don't i don't think it's like him. i don't think it's ab things it, it had to be it had to be some type of disciplinary thing and something that the patriots are notorious for but but tom is tom is a little upset that that they keep doing this and with the with the thoughts that with the thoughts that um with the thoughts of, you know, it may be him joining a different team of him going somewhere else, which we both on the show said that we don't see 12 going anywhere other oh, than retirement not. or staying with the Patriots. They've given him, regardless of this, of these last, uh, of these last four or five weeks, they have put him in a situation, especially this year with the personnel to win a seventh title, which would be obviously a record which would be a historic. They would not only be the the team with the most Super Bowl titles at seven, but Tom would have the most Super Bowl titles out of anyone with seven. And just it's un it's undeniable how great of a situation they've put him in year in and year yeah, out. I just don't understand to say I just don't see anywhere else where he could go and be as successful as he is with the people they put around him, with the coaching they put around him, with the system they put him in. He thrives. Yeah, the only team I could see, and I saw it with AB too. I mentioned that on the show, was uh, the Niners. I could see, I could see him going to the Niners, but they have Jimmy G, and they've kind of moved toward the future with Garoppolo, and he has that. He has similar characteristics of Tom, I feel like, and obviously just a younger. And say, I don't think they'd move on for from Jimmy G for one or two years of Tom Brady at all. No. No, and I don't think I don't think Garoppolo would be too in favor of losing a year of production and even if they trade or even if they get Tom, I think if they have a QB battle for who gets the starting job in preseason, I think Jimmy G will win it. See, and that's where that's where I think it becomes interesting because you because people say things like that, like Tom can't win the job, and Tom goes over there and wins the job potentially. 
Like it could be like that could be like his last thing, but like that's the only that's the only side I really see it because in my mind I see the Patriots I see a better football team. You're telling me the di- that the difference is between Tom Brady with the scheme that he's been in for twenty years basically, and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo who is an inconsistent quarterback, and their defenses are the same. I'd probably give the edge to the Patriots. Yeah, I think the Patriots have a better defense. Though you see more star talent on the 49ers and more notable talent. It's just similar to like the Rams were, but the Rams weren't a better defense than the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That type of thing. I see the X factor going to Tom because Tom's been there and done that. You see quarterbacks go into that limelight and they can't. But I don't, I'm not sure if he can go into Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And, and That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about in a Super Bowl. Oh. That's that was my it was just matchups. I see if you put the matchups against each other, I think the Patriots are better set to win that football game anyways. Right now. But time time will tell with the 49ers. They're they're gonna have they're gonna have a game. They've got, they've got a tough back end of the schedule. Yeah, they're gonna I will pull it up for you right now. Yeah, they're gonna have a tough Yeah, yeah, with that being said, they're gonna have a game like like the Saints had against you know the Ram or the the Cowboys, like when they had against the Cowboys last year, or what you guys or what the Bears did to the Rams on a Sunday Night Football last year. Teams have these types of things, and they need to find a way to get through it because Patrick Mahomes, they've gone through it early this year with facing adversity. Okay, here you go. So go the ahead. 49ers this season have they're eight zero. They've beaten the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, the Rams, the Redskins. The Panthers and the Cardinals. Okay. With their closest game being the Cards, right? Cardinals last week. Yes, which they won by three points. Or this week on Thursday. Correct. And then they had a rainy outing against the Redskins, where they only scored nine, but that was understandable because of how wet it was. So their first half of the season, pretty easy. I okay, teams. I what you were saying. I heard the Redskins, the Browns, the the Cardinals. The Browns have not been great. The Steelers without. Without a bad big, team, anyway. They beat the Bengals, who haven't won yet. But what's the next half? Uh, here's your next half, and this is where it really gets interesting. They get the Seahawks on Monday night. It's a big break. Is that next week? Correct. It's a huge. That's the longest break you could have. Correct. Then they have the Cardinals again, which is okay. They I mean they did struggle a little bit with the Cardinals, but not too much. I think they could easily beat the Cardinals. But the Seahawks will be a tough game. Then they have Green Bay. Then they have the Ravens. Then they have the Saints. Then they got a cupcake with the Falcons. And then they finish the game season with the Rams and the Seahawks again. They don't really have a break besides maybe the Falcons for the rest of the season. Yeah. And the Falcons have shown the ability to beat good teams. They beat the Eagles this year. Yeah, opening day. But, yeah, that's that's an incredibly tough schedule. That's- so they are 8-0, yes. But really, them coming up with 10 wins this season is a real possibility, I think. Yeah, they we're, we're going to see how great this team truly is over this next half of the season. Say, really? Packers, Ravens, Saints, back-to-back-to-back? Oh, boy. Hold on if you're a 49ers fan. Yeah, don't necessarily... Uh, say don't ship them yet. <laughs> don't ship them yet. We, we'll see how good don't they are. Don't ship them yet. But yeah, you ready to? Are you ready to go on to these picks for this week? You ready to look at the look at the matchups? Uh, absolutely. Give me one second, and I will have it up. 
but yeah, so realistically, what do you think for the 49ers finishing this season? I, I'd say probably probably 11 and 5. I'll, I'll give them 11 and 5. Under 500 for the end of the season? It's the tough. That's day. a tough. That's a tough. I, I say, mean, 12 and 4 I maybe. I, might cap them at, I think I might cap them at 12 wins. Okay, so we had the 49ers and the Cardinals on Thursday night. Yes, we just had the Texans beat the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't think we. London. I don't think we predicted that we game. I pick that game. I would have uh, probably gone with the Jags. That's probably the team I would have went with. I don't know who I would have gone with. All right, starting out your noon slate, Bears take on the Eagles in a rematch of last year's postseason. It is in Philadelphia. The Eagles are wearing all black. <laughs> I'll go with the Eagles. The Bears have been I, mean, I don't know. This is a close game, I feel like. This I am is, taking the Eagles. Yeah, give me I'll give me the Eagles, but I would not be surprised if the Bears won this game. Uh so that is from Philadelphia. The Colts travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The running attack for the for the Colts is 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 going to be hard to match for the Steelers. The Steelers had a tough outing against the Dolphins last week. I see the Colts as just the better football team overall. So I will also take the Colts. The Jets, what do they have? One win? Yes. Nope. Will it be two this week? They're in Miami. Yes, it will be. The The Dolphins found every way to make themselves lose last week with yeah. blitzing eight on a third and 20. With three wide receivers out wide, yeah, you're tanking. That was such a tank call. Quite possibly your biggest game of the entire week comes from Arrowhead this week where the Vikings take on what we believe will be the Matt Moore-led Chiefs today. The Matt Atomic Bomb is going to be unleashed today at Arrowhead Stadium. That's what you said last week. And he played pretty well, I'd say. He didn't do awful. They had 24 points. That's... Pretty good for a high school coach. I mean, it wasn't awful, but definitely not enough to beat Green Bay. The Matt Atomic Bomb, like I said, will unleash. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to win this football game, especially with Chris Jones coming back from injury. Patrick Mahomes obviously ruled out before this show started. And um Kendall Fuller out as well. But the Chiefs need to win this game to not be to not have to have a division race with the Raiders, though I don't see that happening for the Chiefs because the Raiders, they're not... The, the Raiders aren't going to be able to keep up. Yeah. The Raiders are a 500 Especially once team. Patrick Mahomes comes back, but you don't want that to become a conversation at week 10. So, yeah, I see, I see, but I see the Chiefs winning this game going 6-3. and three. Taking the Chiefs as well at Arrowhead, I think it's going to be close. I think it will be close. Yeah, this is a tough I think, game. I think Kirk Cousins' record against bad fo- or good football teams will come back to bite him, and we will see another Kirk Cousins against a uh, above 500 team kind of performance. And it's hard to win an Arrowhead. I mean, it hasn't been hard for teams to win this year, but it's still a tough place to play regardless of the record. Titans travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Give me the Panthers, Josh Allen. Nope, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen has played exceptionally well this year. He's one of the more flying His under the radar. Come to the 49ers, I believe. Yeah, flying under the radar this year, and the Titans are a mess, as they always are. Even when they're good, they have holes, and they have even more holes when they're bad. So give me the Titans. Give me the Panthers. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> give me the Panthers. I am taking CMC, of course. Always got to run with them. Uh, so I will also be taking the Panthers. 
the Redskins travel to upstate New York to take on Buffalo. Give me the Bills, their defense, and Bills Mafia is just too much to too much to fight for most teams. Two Dwayne Haskins gets the start today. Any oh, comment yeah. on that? They bust. That's the comment I have. He's okay. he's not good at football. He's like Garrett Cole with a baseball in his hands. He okay. gets nervous. <laughs> the twelfth man will be loud and proud today in Seattle as the Buccaneers come into town to take on the uh, what are they? The six and two Hawks. Yeah, something like that. Six and two Hawks. Um, give me Seattle. They're the Bucks are the Bucks could win this game off of scoring, but Seattle at home is pretty pretty it's tough a, to beat. I'd say yeah, it's a it's a tough hill to climb there, and I don't know if Jameis is ready to eat a W today. A true home game for the Oakland Raiders this week. A long time coming for them, I believe. So they've been on the road for a while because their last home game actually came in London when they played the Bears. So a long time coming for this home game, and they have the Lions coming into town. Give me the Raiders. The Lions have played. This is a close game, I feel like. This is another great matchup this week. A lot of close matchups, but give me the Raiders. The Lions are kind of on a slump since losing to the Chiefs at home, and and I see the Raiders trying to create that conversation 10 weeks into the season. So I, I think I'm going to take Matt Stafford and the Lions today. I think I'm going to take them. I mean... We saw the Raiders looked against when they played in other NFC North teams like the Bears, and they kind of rolled them over a little bit. But I think that Matt Stafford will have the ability, maybe not as well as Aaron Rodgers did to dice up the Raiders, but I think Matt Stafford definitely has the quarterbacking ability to uh, tear apart this defense and this secondary. So I am taking the Lions. Uh, a game from L.A., you have the Chargers hosting the 7-1 and Packers. Give me the Chargers. Why not? Why not? Why not, old, old man Rivers? Old, Let him go in. Old. Let him go in. Let him eat. I am taking Green Bay because Yawn. I, I will not bet against Aaron Rodgers ever. Boring ETH back on the mic. Mile high. Without Joe Flacco, the Denver Broncos at 2-6 and six take on the 2-5 and five Browns looking to turn their season around. Wow, what a matchup here. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos. Give me the Browns, I guess. I guess. I mean, Baker, he's annoyed me this week, but give me the Browns. Why not, I guess. Well, I'm taking the Browns just because I don't believe in whoever the Broncos are putting out their starting quarterback. I don't think I actually don't know. I, let me look it up while you... Uh, but I'm taking Cleveland. I think that they will start to get their season back on track. No idea if it's going to lead anywhere, but I think that they will take this game, moving them to 3-5 and five, and trying to keep them fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive. Here, do you have a quarterback's name? Um, It's not Drew Locke. Oh, it's Brandon Allen. Another Allen playing quarterback? Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> Kyle, Josh, and Brandon. Welcome to the league, Brandon. Congratulations on your first start According this week. to uh, the Denver Post, at least. Okay, but I'm taking the Browns. You're taking the Browns. And we are moving on to Sunday night, which would this is the other game to watch this week. You have the undefeated New England Patriots heading into Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Heath. Give me the Ravens. I am also taking the Ravens. The 
New England Patriots, I think, have given up 78 total rushing yards to a quarterback this season. Lamar Jackson has rushed for over 100 in his last three games. Oh, what he'll gifts. break that. That's Lamar on primetime. Give me Lamar. Give it. Kid always, one thing you got to say, he he lives up to the moment, I'd say. he when, it, when it comes to play, there's not many people more game than Lamar Jackson when it's time to play. You can say the I, same for Deshaun Watson, say the same for Tom Brady. These characteristics go with great quarterbacks, and he has that great mindset at least. going to be interesting to see if he can last. But Yep, I am ready for it. I'm taking Lamar as well. I will definitely be watching this game. It'll be 53 degrees and cloudy in Baltimore tonight as these two teams come together. Do we know if the pay- what uniforms the Patriots are wearing tonight? Do I need to be scared? No, don't be scared. I don't think they're wearing anything special. I can't wait until they wear those. Aren't they wearing the reds against you guys? No, they're not wearing the reds. They're wearing the 90s. They're wearing the 90s Patriots jerseys. Can you stop Uh it? Uh-oh, uh-oh. That's scary. Um, And then our last pick of this week is Monday Night Football as the Dallas Cowboys head to MetLife to take on the division rival New York Giants. Give me the Cowboys. Zeke is just going to be too much for that for that defense for the Giants and they they just have better personnel across the board best linebacking core in football and they're just the Cowboys can't bet against them against the Giants the Giants might make this a little bit more of a fight than people are thinking but really don't see them coming out on top and then just because we won't be here before next week we give you an AFC West matchup on Thursday night football the Chargers head to Oakland um I have both these teams winning next week. <laughs> give me give me the Raiders, I, I guess. I agree with that pick as well. So that's Thursday Night Football. That There's, is your next week in the NFL. We, uh, we told you that the Jags lost to the Texans already today uh, and that the rest of your games are coming up here in just under a quarter of an hour. So... Oh, yeah, we're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the UFC 244 fight card that occurred last night at MSG, and then we're also going to go through our moments and upsets of the week. Superman, man, am I glad to see you. What are you doing on this deserted road? Some guys from school drove out here, and we're going to start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble. They kicked me out of the van and drove off. You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. Tune in to Hiding Tight every Friday at 9 a.m. as I, Wilson Strong, and Logan Crone as we talk the laces on and off the field of Major League Baseball every Friday at 9 a.m. and on Spotify. here in Studio A uh, at KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia right here in the Missouri Student Center. Nick, this is your area of expertise. I know I watched it, uh, but I can't really speak on it as well as you can. So please enlighten me on UFC 244 last night and what it means for what comes next in the UFC. 
Well, we've got well, we've got some time, so I'll just go through. I'll just go through every fight from the preliminary all the way to the main event. So first, we had Andre Olovsky, just pure legend of the sport. Got knocked out in 30 seconds by. I'm not going to try. I actually missed this fight, but an undefeated fighter from Africa. He he showed great promise in the fight and from the knockout that I saw. But Arlovsky is not very – he's not as good as he used to be, to say the least. But to move on, this kid named Edmund, Edmund who is uh, – who is uh, coached by the same coach as Ronda Rousey, Edmund Tarvernian. He had an impressive KO, 11-0. He is 21 years old, one of the youngest kids on the roster. So, is this the head kick? No, it's not the head kick. This was uh, Sorry, I spoiled it. No, he, it was a head, no, it was a head kick, but it was not the it head kick. That you, the it was not kick. the head kick. He actually did finish the fight on a head kick, but... Yeah, over-ranked uh, Brad Tarverius at middleweight, 185. But to move down, Shane Burgos won over this fighter from Finland, Marquan Amerikan. He is th- – both these – this was an incredible fight, won by KO with with 28 seconds left in the fight. Just an incredible performance by both guys. This was one of the more underrated fights on the card. But moving on – yeah, good for Shane Burgos. Moving on, Corey Anderson – fought Johnny Walker and this was a fight that had major implications on the light heavyweight division on on a, a contender eliminating fight for John Jones to see who is going to be next in line after that fight if Dominic Reyes does not get the get the call up which everyone assumes that he will after his knockout of Chris Weidman a few weeks ago and Corey Anderson just took Johnny Walker to school. Corey Anderson being the wrestler and Johnny Walker being more the stand-up fighter undefeated in the UFC longest fight going like two minutes prior to this one. And Corey Anderson just knocked him clean, clean off his horse. Cleaned his clock. Cleaned his clock. And the ref called it via TKO as standing up and Corey Anderson was very vocal after the fight. And he's had that mindset of that the UFC doesn't want to promote him because he is boring relative to other fighters, and he's he, he just gets the job done. Incredible fighter. He's one to root for if you like hard nose, no talking grinders, and he is that. But moving he's on just to the guy that goes out there and fights, doesn't does, do all the talk, doesn't do all the trash on Twitter and that kind of stuff, just goes out there and shows what he's got. And just works, and he works. But... To mention the head kick that Ethan had earlier as we move to the main card, Kevin Lee moving back down to 155. He is now trained with TriStar. The and if you are not familiar with that name, that is the that is the gym that trains one of the greatest fighters to ever fight in George St. Pierre, who reigned the 170 pound division for a very long time and also moved up to win the 185 pound belt over. Michael Bisping a few years ago. But Kevin Lee showed great promise fighting a great fighter in Gregor Gillespie who was undefeated at 13-0 before the fight. And Kevin Lee hit him with a nasty head kick that put him right on his right on his butt into the cage, knocked him clean out. And another headline of this was Kevin Lee also had a staph infection very evident on his chest before the fight. That was a crazy knockout. It was, yeah, a knockout of the night for sure. And then another fight that was very interesting was Derek Lewis versus Ivanov from, um, 
from overseas in the Asia area. And this was a fight that I expected Derek Lewis to lose. I like watching Derek Lewis fight. Everyone I've seen him does. Fight about twice, I think maybe. And Two or three times watching, since I started watching, because you're the only one that really got me to start watching this stuff last year when I met you. And I don't know. I just enjoy watching him fight. He is fun to watch. Yeah, he he had an incredible performance. I was very impressed by his gas tank. We've seen it against against guys like Volkov and he's cut weight. Yeah, he's he looks he looked much more in shape than when I've last seen him fight. Yeah, which isn't saying much because he wasn't in shape the couple times that you've seen him fight, but certainly an improvement, and he looked incredible. He looked motivated. And they were talking about it on the on the broadcast about how it's helpful to him because it takes a lot of the stress off of his knees and his back and his joints, which allows him to move a lot more freely and hit a lot harder because he's not in as much stress on his body with all the weight. Yeah, you are correct. He had a lot of back problems like right around the time he got to fight for the title against Daniel Cormier, and he had to take that fight on short notice because you know, he he got the title shot. He got what he's been looking for. Every fighter's looking for it. A nice payday. They did that fight in New York City as well and didn't, didn't come out, but I'm happy that he's motivated and he fought as well as he did. Won that fight via unanimous decision. Or actually, it might not have been unanimous, but he won it via decision. But And then moving on to the third fight of the main event, we had Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fighting Vicente Luque, and this was an incredible fight. Vicente Luque, a tough 21 veteran, he's on. he was on a six-fight winning streak prior to this fight, and then Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, a true practitioner in the karate style, undefeated kickboxing champion, had the tie had had a run at getting to the title arguably could have won either of those fights against Tyron Woodley both incredibly close fights and he's been on a little down downward spiral but this fight he showed his true flashes of what he used to be and it was an awesome fight to watch Vicente Luque as Joe Rogan mentioned on the broadcast he is someone who can take a punch better than just about anyone at 170 along with Nate Diaz and he showed that he was hit with some bombs and he fought incredibly well in that fight. And moving to the co-main, we have Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum. And I did not expect Till to come out. Reports coming out as well that he was frightened. Just, just he almost faked an injury is what I saw. Yeah, he was he was considering faking the injury. But he fought an incredible fight against Kelvin. Kelvin Kelvin's also another fighter I enjoy watching. He's kind of fun to watch as well. Interim interim title title fight he got against Israel Adesanya prior to uh prior to Adesanya winning the belt earlier in the year and yeah this was an incredible fight I was very impressed with Till I didn't expect him to win because a lot of times when fighters move up especially when the UFC because you're moving up 15 pounds it's very different and to put him against a guy like Kelvin I did not expect him to get the job done but the gorilla did his thing and he won via decision and then the main event Okay, this was fun. Dwayne The Rock Johnson bringing the belt out at the beginning. Oh, we were hyped for that one. Yeah, through the first three rounds, Jorge Masvidal came out and, and blitzed Craig Nate Diaz. I didn't see Nate winning any of the three rounds. And then coming out of the fourth round, the doctor looks at the cut right when they're about to ring the bell for the fourth. And then Nate, Nate signals he's good, he's ready to fight, and then the doctor just calls it. 
And that's the problem when you have going to places like New York because they don't see as many cuts as a like a Nevada State Athletic Commission. So they they see a big cut. They're like, oh no. So I've seen pictures of when Nate Diaz fought Connor. And honestly, the blood and everything looked worse when he fought Connor, and they let him keep fighting. Well, he's had the he's had that type of cut before. Say, he bleeds a lot when he fights. This is just something he does. And I mean, I see, I saw the stitches, I saw the cuts. It did not look like a nice cut. It did not look like fun. I would never want something like that on my face. But I feel like when Nate Diaz fights, this happens to him all the time because he has all that scar tissue on his face from getting hit so many times that it just reopens when he gets touched by anyone for the most part. I mean, I might even be able to hit him upside the head and have open up a cut on his face. Um, but why exactly are we stopping it? Then that's the you stop a fight for a cut in my opinion when they when they are unable to see like you see it with swelling if they are not able to see out of that eye they will stop the fight for a cut it's kind of the same thing in my eyes and it looked like he could see out of the and eye Nate was saying he was fine he could keep going yeah it was not in a fight that you look at where this happened was when um, Cody Garbrandt fought the current title holder at the time uh, Dominic Cruz. And that that cut was really bad as well that Dominic Cruz had. It was relatively the same as Diaz's, and he was able to fight perfectly fine, and he showed that he could fight, and he finished the fight off. He there got, were reactions from all over the world about this. When you look at Conor McGregor saying we were robbed of an absolute classic of a fight, I mean, I was upset that they stopped it. Uh, I didn't enjoy that they put an end to it because you know i was kind of wanting to watch and see if nate could you know come back at all make any kind of pushback because i agreed with you in the fact that masvidal was running away with the fight at that point in time but i i do think nate still had a chance because he can always come back and spark someone real quick I, you, i've seen that out of him before i agree 100 percent they 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 dropped the ball on that for sure, and now you get into hypothetical situations where you say, okay, this guy did this, or this guy could have done this, oh, the fight was over, oh, it was this, and now you have to run it back, and now that delays... It sounds like they both wanted to run it back. <clears throat> yeah, but now it delays... Title a, contention and a, such. Yeah, title contention. It delays because you had because this laid out quite nicely because you have Kamara Usman fighting Colby Covington for the welterweight title, the real title, in uh, December. So you have that fight, and then you were probably going to have Jorge or Nate, whoever would have won, fight them. But now there's up in the for arms the for the for the real belt, and it would have been a huge fight. But now it's. It's all up in the air to, as what will happen if Nate will maybe fight Connor or Jorge will move on or what the deal do we will know be. We know Connor's fighting yet. We do not know. And he's fighting on that December card, isn't he? He's fighting January eighteenth or seventeenth. Yeah, he's fighting January. But yeah, let's let's go through your moment of the week, Heath, while we're running out of time. You got a moment of the week? Yeah, I'm taking the Washington Nationals and their celebration of their first championship. A um, little bit of interesting stuff happened yesterday with them with Steven Strasburg opting out and them declining their option on Ryan Zimmerman and that kind of stuff happening. But all in all, great week for the Washington Nationals going back to Houston, taking both games, celebrating their first World Series title. So congratulations to them. That's my moment of the week. Mine has to be Utah State, the Aggies. They provided 
free bacon to their fans that went to the game. That was pretty exciting Good for them. It didn't help against the BYU Cougars as they lost 42 to 14, but it was still a awesome moment nonetheless. And then my upset, I am taking Baltimore. We talked about this. Yes, and Baltimore I will take the South Carolina Gamecocks over Appalachian State next week. The ranked, uh, the ranked Appalachian State yeah, team. Yeah, they're ranked. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, and we will be back on next Sunday to tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. We appreciate you listening live. We appreciate you listening on podcast and on Spotify and wherever you listen to this podcast. Anything you have to say? Last words from you, Nick? No. Um, great show. I'm Let's let's go Mets. All right, let's go Mets. Uh, have a great week everybody. Enjoy the NFL slate. Mm-hmm.